Welcome to episode 26 of RPG Blueprints. In this episode, I'm going to talk about my experience at Breakout Con 2023 here in Toronto and uh, some of the games that I played while I was there. Enjoy. Welcome to my studio. I am Cole McCallum, the aspiring architect, and this is RPG Blueprints. Welcome back to RPG Blueprints. I know it's been a while, but I've actually had a kind of rough month or so health-wise, so I thought it would be better for me to just not worry, uh, not stress about um, getting uh, the show out here when I wasn't feeling well, um, but I am feeling much better now, so recording an episode right now. Um, today I'm talking about something that happened in March. So ideally I wanted this episode out earlier in April, but life happens. Um, back in March, um, March 17th to 19th in Toronto, we had, um, breakout con, um, and I've only known about it for about a year, but it's um, it's definitely far from the first year that it's happened. Um, so downtown Toronto, um, it's a convention where you can come, you can play board games, like all, all sorts of tabletop games. And they even have uh, tabletop role-playing games, um, sort of one-shot sessions where you can join in. Um, so they have like a dedicated D and D, uh, adventures league stuff. Um, but they've also got people who are running various games of all sorts, including what's really exciting about it is creators who come to breakout con, bringing their unreleased games to, uh, test stuff out, um, work out some bugs, um, or, you know, generally just play testing, see, seeing, uh, uh, if people like it. Um, so as soon as I found out about it last year, like I made a mental note and I definitely wanted to be uh, a part of it this year. And I'm so glad that I did, uh, did end up going because it was honestly one of the best weekends I've ever had. It was so much fun. Um, I will be making this a uh, a yearly event for me for sure um and who knows um maybe next year if not the year after i might even bring a game of my own uh so we'll see what the future holds on that um but what i wanted to talk about uh specifically was what i did when i went there is i went for the tabletop role playing games i wanted to play just things that i hadn't played before um i was lucky to play games that were unreleased um uh since then i think one of them was released um but uh, yeah, really, really cool, great experiences. And um, 
these games had some uh, pretty unique things, and I just wanted to touch on uh, sort of the highlights of the four different games that I played. So I did sit down to... Um, uh, I did sit down to play games six different times, but I um, I played the same game three times, um, and we'll talk more about that uh, when we get to it. So on the Friday, the first thing I did when I got there is I played a game um, called The Woodlands. Um, and so The Woodlands is a game about woodland creatures, both big and small, who have banded together. Go fend off the dangerous and callous predators who have plagued them since the first sunrise. So this game... Um, it's by a designer who some of you might know, uh, Andrew Medeiros, who, um, who is the creator of Urban Shadows. So I didn't even realize whose table I sat down at until the end. And then I was like, oh my God, you're the creator of Urban Shadows. That's so cool. Um, so Urban Shadows and the Woodlands, they're both, um, powered by the apocalypse, so mechanically, um, there's nothing, um, too unusual as far as like, if you've played a powered by the apocalypse game before, like, you'll know what you're getting into more or less. Um, but what I loved about, uh, playing the woodlands is just sort of the sense of scale, um, that it creates like playing these woodland creatures, I think, um, really he nailed it. Um, and it's also like a low magic fantasy setting, which is kind of, kind of cool. Um, when you first play, you're probably not going to have a whole lot of magical abilities that, that you're playing with. And, and it makes it so that you really got to think with, um, sort of your limited skill sets, you know, being these sort of, uh, not crazy powerful animals. Um, it was fun to do some problem solving in that. Um, if you've read Redwall or, uh, anything like that, where it's tiny, tiny creatures, you know, wielding swords, um, and if you enjoyed that, then this is going to be right up your alley. Um, yeah, uh, and other than that, uh, it was nice um, how easy the story came together because uh, Andrew didn't pre-plan what we were doing. Um, there were three of us that sat down at the table, and um, and we all just came with our various uh, ideas. And um, yeah, by the end, we had a really fun story about um rescuing some uh some kidnapped um animals uh that were preparing to celebrate uh this great feast um yeah it was it was a lot of fun and definitely a game that i think you should keep your eye on um you can visit northfiregames.com if you want to see um if you want to check up on this project or anything else that Andrew has worked on, um, yeah, um, the Woodlands was a good way to start my weekend. Um, 
So another game that I played on Friday is Cairn, um, which is a bit of a different game. Like, again, this is one of the things that I really loved about going to Breakout Con for because it gave me easy access to games that I might not have tried um, otherwise. And so Cairn is this dungeon crawler, and it's kind of, um, it's a little bit brutal, um, but not like in an unfair punishing way. It's just that, um, like Woodlands, like it is a fantasy setting. Um, you're playing people, not animals. Um, and it's low magic. Like magic definitely exists, but, um, unlike say Dungeons and Dragons, where you can have wizards, you can have, uh, warlocks, clerics, like they're all running around doing their magic thing. Um, getting magic in Cairn is uh, a lot more rare. Um, and so again, it was just another situation where um, we were sort of put in a position where we had to be pretty creative with our, our limited skill sets. Um, and again, I really enjoyed that. Um, summary of the game goes like this. Players act as hardened adventurers exploring a dark and mysterious wood filled with strange folk, hidden treasure, and unspeakable monstrosities. Um, so the specific adventure that we played is called Barrow of the Elf King. Um, and I can say we encountered strange folk, hidden treasure, and unspeakable monstrosities all in that one little... Um, one little module it was a fun adventure and uh yeah the game lists out some philosophies in the beginning of the book um and they go as as follows um classless death fiction first growth neutrality player choice principles and shared objective um, so the ones that I want to focus on of what I thought were particularly cool about Cairn, one, classless, um, very light character creation. There's only five steps and, um, they all have tables to roll on to make that quick. So, um, if you're a person who really loves to put a lot into a character, like you could embellish whatever comes out for sure. But, um, as far as like sitting down at a table, we did have pre-gen characters, but really, um, if that weren't the case, it, I don't think it would have added a whole lot of time to it because of how quick the character creation is. Um, and, and you're not making any big decisions about what kind of a, a character you're going to play because you're all just these adventurers, like generally adventurers. And it's what you do with your with your um equipment that matters a lot and um and like i said you can get certain um magic items and such um down the road um death like i said it's a little brutal um you do feel very powerful when you're playing this game but um injuries matter and um healing isn't uh isn't guaranteed like again you don't have a cleric sitting there throwing out healing spells or whatever so um the sense of danger when we were going through this um through this little mini dungeon um 
I I did feel the tension, um, which was cool. In the whole of the of the rule book, you can actually break it down to there only being four pages of rules, and this isn't like a full sized D and D player's handbook. Um, it's it's a smaller a smaller book, um, and so it was really easy to pick up. Um, there's a one page um, summary. Uh, so that was, uh, really nice to see. And it does sort of, uh, this aspect leans into the philosophy fiction first, because there isn't a whole lot of, um, you know, rule arbitration, like everything's pretty straightforward. Um, so it really, um, moves out of the way to give rise to, like I said, the, the creative problem solving and, and, and stuff like that. It is, um, from my experience, it seemed to be a little more um, mechanic forward as far as like um, not being super role play heavy, but um, that might have just been the module. Really, though, it doesn't seem like there were a whole lot of um, rules that really necessitated role play with NPCs. So if you're looking for a more character drama narrative game um maybe this isn't the one but if you do like that sort of um like fantasy um overcome the obstacle figure out the puzzle get the loot type game then this is more up, up your alley so that was cairn uh written by yochai gal um which you can check out his work at yochaigal.itch.io. All of these links will be in the description of the episode. So the third game I want to talk about, which is the last game that I played, um, is We Used to Be Friends by Jonathan Lavallee. Um, you can check his stuff out at firestorminc.itch.io. Um, and here's the description for the game. We Used to Be Friends is a collaborative teenage detective drama game. As a group, you'll create your teenagers, the city they live in, and a season-long mystery that ties them together. So, this game really blew me away. Um, it's a little bit Riverdale, it's a little bit, um, uh, Scooby-Doo, um, but what, uh, Jonathan was able to do, I thought was very impressive. So this is another Powered by the Apocalypse game. So again, if you're familiar with those, uh, doesn't take a lot to get into. And even if you aren't like Powered by the Apocalypse systems are not, um, super dense, um, but this does have quite a few unique mechanics, which is where it gets really interesting. So this is a mystery game, but um, it doesn't require a GM to set out the mystery and plant all the clues. Um, he came up with this really clever, um, these really clever mechanics that let it be a zero prep mystery. So as you investigate, 
a session mystery, you discover suspects uh, and clues. Uh, successful successes lead to you choosing where you want to pin clues. Failures have you put in clues where it's detrimental to you. So uh, maybe you have like a rival you know, that you want to take down and maybe like they're one of the suspects. If you're able to r roll well, then you'll be able to tie the, these clues that you find to this rival help take them down. But if you're failing, then maybe you have to end up putting it, um, pinning it on your, your best friend or your sibling or, or someone like close to you. Um, and then when one suspect has enough clues, they become the culprit and that's the mystery solved. Um, then throughout the campaign, each character has a personal mystery and there's uh, a season mystery to solve. So it's, it's just so clever the way this works because you're working the whole session, um, discovering these things and you're, you're putting the pieces together and it evolves as you play. So, um, really nobody playing is going to know how it's going to end up. You just really have to play to find out as they say. So, um, if you like mystery games, um, I highly, highly, highly recommend, um, we used to be friends, um, which is now the full version. Um, I do believe is out, uh, available and you can grab it from Jonathan's, um, itch, itch page. Um, or drive through RPG. So I saved, um, one game for last because it's the game that I played three times. Um, the first time I played it, I felt that the group that we had, um, just wasn't super into it. And, and I could tell playing that there was more to the game than sort of the experience that I got from it. And I'm really glad I played, um, I played three different times with different people. Um, and I played, um, two different scenarios. So, uh, one scenario I repeated, um, which was the one that I played the first time. And then I played one different scenario, uh, in between. And, uh, it was really cool to see sort of how, that changed um like the just it it sometimes takes a certain type of player to really fit the game right like not every game is for every person and so some people might come away and be like wow that was a waste of time and some people will come away and be like wow that was the best game i've ever played um and so sign um the game that i played uh is definitely uh, in that category. Um, sign written by uh, Julian Frid and Jason Ox. Um, you can check out uh, this project at signuniverse.com. Um, so let me get into describing it. Um, sign is a sci fantasy game set in an alternate reality near future following an alien invasion. Your squad consists primarily of catalysts, genetically engineered clones of super soldiers with various superhuman abilities. You fight against the aliens, the effects they've had on the environment and, and ecology, and ultimately try to ensure the human race, race's survival. So at its core, mechanically, 
it drew me in. It has the same stats that you know from D&D, um, but it doesn't have any derived stats, which simplifies things one step. Instead of rolling D20s, you're primarily rolling D6s um, for your skill checks, that sort of thing. Um, and you add your roll directly to your stat. So what that means is that it's easier rolling because the numbers vary smaller like the variation in numbers is smaller but also you get more consistent competency and so what i mean is that you're going to succeed at what you're good at more often like if you have a strong character they're going to be able to show off their strength more consistently than with rolling a d20 um there's a lot of world building and um really thought that's gone into this um setting uh, which is really, uh, really good. And I actually finally got a chance, um, earlier this week to play, to get one of my gaming groups together and play, uh, a game of it. And everyone came away saying, yeah, we want more. We want more of this. Um, and, uh, just feeling like gen generally positive about it. Um, when I played at when I played at Breakout Con, we had pre-generated characters, and then this week um, I got to see what the character creation process is like. It's fairly light. Um, uh, you have to sort of understand the types of characters you're playing, like exactly who these catalysts are in this world. Um, and then past that, it's um, it's really open ended. Um, if you've played something like um, Cipher System, then you have sort of a, a feel of of what it's like to create these characters in the way that um, you don't have a specific list of skills to pick from. They have a a, a very uh, comprehensive um, like three page list of um, at least for now, I don't know what the final version is going to have, um, a uh, list of skills that, that really are versatile and cover a lot of bases. But if say, you know, you want a character that's specifically good at basket weaving, you can give them that basket weaving, uh, skill. And then, um, it's kind of cool because these skills don't do one specific thing, it's one of those systems where you can sort of um, have that conversation with the GM, uh, known as a handler uh, in this game, um, to say, I think that, you know, my basket weaving is going to be relevant here because I am trying to, I don't know, repair my my sleeping bag. And uh, there's a similar sort of dexterity that goes with basket weaving and doing sleeping bag repairs you know that that sort of a thing um yeah I, I it's very surprising to me that i i got so captivated by this because i generally don't do sci-fi very much um but there's like enough of that fantasy element that really drew me in um part of that ecology um the change that I was talking about is sort of um, what they call Xenos, which are um, 
evolved, like hyper evolved um, animals, um, including like splices of existing animals or um, like just really rapidly, like vastly changed animals um, that these aliens uh, have sort of experimented on or just genuinely had a had an effect on. Um, and when I was playing, when I was running the session, I found it very fun, um, having that, um, concept to play with, um, to just be able to make up unique, uh, um, animal concepts, uh, on the fly. Um, I, I thought was very fun, uh, someone running the, the session and um i think that um the players at my table um thought that uh the way that the uh the rolling is very simple like you don't there isn't a whole lot to confuse you and um yeah we we just had a lot of fun with it so definitely i would say um check this project out um the designers told me that they are looking to do a Kickstarter um, sometime, hopefully this year. So, um, again, um, you can go to their website, um, sign up for their email list. Um, otherwise, I'll probably mention it um, uh, when it happens uh, just as part of whatever episode it is that month. Um but yeah, uh, this wasn't meant to be a super long episode. I just wanted to sort of gush about uh, some of the really cool things that I saw at Breakout Con this year. Um, encourage people to go to their local TTRPG uh, conventions that happen. Um, I know that there are a few others that happen um, up in my neck of the woods in Ontario. Um, but I know that there are obviously like the big ones like Gen Con and all that down in the States. Um, so just, you know, uh, if you don't know of one in your area, I'd suggest, uh, checking it out or next year in March, make your way to Toronto and, and come to breakout con. Um, because yeah, it's so cool to, um, be just in the energy of all these people that just really love um tabletop games and um and see the creativity and the passion and yeah it was a really good time so yeah i think i'm gonna cut it off here before i ramble on too much about how much fun i had and um i hope uh you all look forward to the next episode bye before you go, I'd like to thank James Roach for the awesome job on the podcast themes. You can check out what he's up to by following him on Twitter at Hamesatron. You can follow RPG Blueprints at RPGBP on Twitter. I'd also like to thank you for listening, and I hope you take a spark of inspiration from this episode and use it in your own creation.